It's so good to see you. Hey, I hope you've had a great week and a great day today, and uh, I'm thankful for snow plows, aren't you? Like, praise the Lord for salt and snow plows. Uh, hey, today's going to be a wonderful day uh, for a number of reasons. One of them is that tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to be having a night of worship. And you're sitting here thinking, how can we have a night of worship? It's, we're supposed to get, like, Snowmageddon is coming in this afternoon. So how are we supposed to do that? And then I mentioned snow plows and salt. So we are going to have the parking lot clear. We're still going to have our night of worship tonight. And we would love for you to be here. Because come on, people. We, we're not from Texas. We're not from Oklahoma. We're not from the deep Florida where they worry about ice and snow or Atlanta. No, no, we're Western PA, so we're gonna man up and we're gonna come out and worship God tonight. So if you can be here tonight, we'd love to have you here. Now, if my, uh, my peer pressure didn't work and you're like, we're still not coming, that's okay. You can watch online if you have to. That's all right, too. But it will not replace the experience of being here. So be here tonight, 6 p.m. for our night of worship. It's going to be incredible. I uh, also want to let you know, we're finishing up our series uh, today on generosity called Generous. And, uh, and the, this book we've been kind of using as, a, as a, our partner for the series has been The Blessed Life, and we ran out of copies last week. We've got some more in the bookstore today. If you're interested in picking this book up, uh, please do so. It's one of the best books you can find uh, dealing with godly stewardship. What does the Bible say about stewardship? What does the Bible say about generosity? And what does God have to say about it? So pick this book up, and I promise it's going to be good for you, for your family, for your finances. So pick that up uh, following the service today. We'd love for you to do that. So today... Uh, I'm excited that uh, we've got a guest speaker for you. Um, we don't bring in a ton of guests around here, but I hope you've found that when we do bring in guests, they, are, they always do a fantastic job, and today is going to be no different. Our guest today is Pastor Chris Songson. Pastor Chris, he pastors South Hills Church in Corona, California. is one of the fastest-growing churches in the United States. He has locations in California and Texas, and, and uh, for, judging from our conversation, they might be planning one in Indiana, Pennsylvania soon, so, um, but, uh, but they're doing an incredible job as a church and how they're reaching people creatively and doing some different things. But also, uh, his heart is with the local church, but he's also been pulled toward this ministry called Feed One. You're going to hear a little bit more about that today and how we're going to join with Feed One. But Pastor Chris is the executive director for Feed One, and he's going to share his heart today. And I, and I told him, I said, we don't have missionaries come speak normally. Like, we'll give them a window, we'll talk to them, because I don't want us to hear 30 minutes just about a pet project, and then we all walk out and going, well, they just needed some money. But that is not, is not what today is about. Today, you're going to hear the heart of this pastor and hear what, what God is speaking to him, and then we're going to talk about what God is going to use us to do in our world in just a little bit. So if you would, please do me a big favor and welcome with me to the stage, Pastor Chris Songson. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Great? Awesome. Would you stand with me real quick? It is good to be here. Give Pastor a hand. He is just a good-looking guy, just for being good-looking. I got to talk to his daughter, and I leaned over to his beautiful daughter, Abby, and I said, you're smart, aren't you? She goes, yeah. <laughs> so this is awesome. What an incredible. It is so great to be able to be with you today. And uh, as Pastor said, I am a, uh, I'm actually a lead pastor. I just help out with this thing called Feed One because I really believe in feeding children around the world. I don't think we have a spiritual obligation or our spiritual op option, I should say, uh, because we just have to. You know, you got to feed children. The Bible says to do that. So, But I'd love to talk to you guys and speak to you and share with you. And uh, we have a multi-site church. We started in California, but we're also in Texas and other places as well. 
and uh, God's just doing awesome things, but you guys look really good. I want you to put your hands really far apart like this. This is gonna help me decide the kind of people I'm working with. Now, I saw this on Dr. Phil. You know, if you see anything on Dr. Phil, you know it's true. And so, it's like Wikipedia. It's gotta be gospel. All right. On the count of three, I want you to clap your hands. Get ready. I said on the count of three. That's it. Let go one, two, and then three. Uh, all right, on the count of three, clap your hands. Ready, one, two, and three. All right, now this time, I want you to hold your hands together however they land. So when you go like this, however they land, hold them together. Ready? Back like this. On the count of three, this lets me know who I'm working with here today. Ready, one, two, and three. All right, now look down, look down. If your left thumb is over the right thumb, Lift it high in the air like this. Left thumb over the right thumb. Okay, you people are great thinkers. You're the smartest people in the room. See, Abby, I told you. <laughs> smartest thinkers. Now, if your hands are down, just look around and realize you're still a good person. Jesus still loves you. You're just not that smart. That's all. No big deal. Everybody's got their thing. All right, so you got your, you got your great thinkers. Okay, how many have your right thumb over your left thumb, lift it up in the air. Right thumb over the left thumb, opposite. Okay, you people are the best looking people in the room. <clears throat> so the other ones, you know, you got brains, but the beauty's just kind of, you know, um, but there's still hope for you. Uh, all right, so we got your great thinkers, thinkers, you got good looking people. How many had your thumbs perfectly together lifted up in the air? There's a few of you. Okay, you people just think you're good looking. That's your issue. It's kind of an ego issue. Go ahead and have a seat. As uh, pastor said, my name is Chris Songson and uh, uh, pastor in Southern California, uh, and we have multiple sites and stuff, and, and uh, um, been married for 23 years, got a gorgeous, gorgeous wife. She's Hispanic, and uh, she don't speak any English, but we get along really well. No, I... Uh, no, she's, uh, she's really good looking, and uh, I call her my little hot tamale. And, um, and I have a, a son. He is totally into fitness, working out, plays baseball, wants to play pro ball. Uh, he's 19 years old. He's just all into it, which is great because I'm just hoping he makes it. That'll be my retirement. And, um, and, then, uh, and he's all into fitness. And then my daughter, I have a daughter. She, uh, she texts. That's it. And... Uh, <laughs> She's really good at it. So we're praying for a scholarship, so keep us in prayer that God gives us a scholarship for texting. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to share with you, if you have a Bible, I want you to go to the book of, uh, uh, the book of John, if you have a Bible. Uh, go to the book of John, chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, hey, next time you're in a hotel, uh, just get one. They're free there. It's amazing. I got like 30 of them. But... Um, John chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at in just a moment, and uh, we'll take a look at that in, in just a second. Here's what I have learned about following Jesus in all of my life, that Jesus loves to do adventurous things. He is an adventurous God that loves to do adventurous things. Think about it for a moment. Jesus, he goes out and he walks on water. Try that at your local lake, you know. He goes out and he turns water into wine. Talk about being a hit at your college campus. It says, water into wine. He goes out and he raises people from the dead. He loves doing adventurous things. He loves doing miracles. But here's the thing that I've really learned 
about Jesus as I've studied his life and I've studied the word and, uh, um, and uh, as a pastor, but also in, in part of being part of Feed One and, and partnering with great people like you, that he loves doing miracles. But here's the thing. If you look at Mark 16, you don't have to go there, but if you look at Mark chapter 16, interestingly enough, it says that Jesus resurrected and he went back into heaven and it says that the disciples went out and they, they went out and they preached and they served and they helped the community and then miracles followed. Here's the statement that I think is really powerful. Here it is. Miracles follow action. They always do. God rarely ever does a miracle by himself. He loves miracles. Think about it for a moment. When the paralyzed guy, if you know anything about the Bible, the paralyzed dude, you know, he was sick and four of his friends went and got him and brought him into the temple. They took action and the miracle followed. Miracles follow action. The woman who was, had, was sick and she was diseased and she went and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and, and, and she got healed. She took action and the miracle followed. Miracles always follow action. Miracles, help me out, miracles follow what? Okay, one more time, everybody in the house gotta get really loud. Miracles follow what? They always do, miracles always follow action. When we started the church 16 years ago, Pastor, you're gonna love this, we started the church 16 years ago, and it was just a handful of people, and we started, and we started growing, and God did some amazing things. And uh, we got into it, we were like a year and a half, and we were meeting at a, at a junior high school in their uh, cafe gymatorium. And that's like a combination of anything that works. And, uh, and so we were meeting there, and uh, we had baptisms one day, because we didn't have a, uh, um, we didn't have a baptism, of course, uh, because we met at a school. But God, it was growing, I mean, literally inside of uh, uh, 18 months time, we started with 30 people and we were up over 700 in 18 months. It was just flying, you know, and I didn't know what we were doing. I was just like, God's doing it, who knows, you know? And uh, so we went and uh, we had a baptism day. In the flyer, it was funny, the flyer says barbecue and baptism. But um, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's like, what in the world? Uh, but so we had this baptism and, this, and while we're baptizing people afterwards, we had a barbecue and a guy comes up to me. He's like, I don't know, 36, 37 years old. He's eating a hot dog. And he's got mustard and ketchup just dripping down his shirt. And I never met the guy before, and I wanted to be like, hey, slop. You know, I didn't know what to say to him. So, you know, there's this, uh, uh, he goes, hey, you baptized my daughter, and I just started coming to your church a couple weeks ago, and I really like it too. I'm like, okay, cool, that's great. You know, and he goes, I was thinking that maybe I'd make a donation to you to kind of help you buy land. Now, we're from Southern California, so land is extremely expensive. And so, you know, and so he says, I think, you know, I'll give you a little bit of money to buy some land. I'm all, okay. I'm thinking, I don't know how much money you have. You can't eat. And uh, um, so then a couple weeks later, he calls me up and he goes, hey, what's your routing number? I want to put some money into your account. I don't hardly even know this guy. And I'm like, okay. So I give him a routing number. And if anybody ever wants my routing number, matter of fact, if you've got a pen, no, I'm shutting um, he wanted to put a deposit. So then a couple uh, more weeks go by and he calls me up. He goes, hey, did you get that money I put in? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, just call and it should be in there. I picked up the automated phone, literally. It said, you know, the little bank and I pushed the right buttons and all that. You know how you push 9,000 buttons to get to anything. And um, finally it says, a deposit was made in the amount of $300,000. Yeah, he lives with my wife and I now. Um, we're really close. It's amazing. We've adopted him in. He's like, you know, uncle, you know, Steve. Um, but uh, amazing what God does. Now, here's what I learned in those early days, that 
Miracles follow action. They always do. When we as individuals decide to do some miracles, the, 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 we decide to do some action, the miracle will always follow it because miracles always follow action. Now, let me show you in John chapter uh, six, and let's just take a look at it. And let me give you three quick points I want you to write down. Number one is this. Here's what I've learned about Jesus is that Jesus loves to do miracles. The number one thing is that he loves to do miracles. He is looking for people like you and I that will say yes to him in order for him to do the things that he wants to do. Because he loves to do miracles, but he loves to partner with people. Now, look at me in John chapter six, verse one. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far uh, side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because of miracle signs, miraculous signs, uh, as they healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around, uh, around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming, toward, look, uh, coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, now here's the part. Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? I love this next verse. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. I love it. Jesus is setting the stage for a miracle. Now, if you know anything about Israel, he was speaking in an area called Tiberias, but on the other side of the lake is the city where he was speaking called Bethsaida. Say that with me, Bethsaida. Okay, so he leaves, he speaks, and then the Bible says in John 6, he gets done speaking, he's all, hey, part two, if you wanna hear part two, meet me over in Tiberias. That, by the way, is up to a a six-hour walk. So he goes over to Tiberias. He gets there by boat, and the rest of them have to walk, which I think is so cool. And um, he walks over. They go over to the side of Tiberias. Now, you got to realize, in Tiberias, where he's now speaking, they can't get any food. There's no villages. Over in Bethsaida, there are villages where you can get food. She takes them away from the food. The sun goes down. Philip comes and says, hey, it's too late. It's too dark. We can't go back to Bethsaida and sleep. We can't go back to Bethsaida and get some food. What are we gonna do now, Jesus? How are we gonna feed these people? He took them out of their comfort zone and forced them to be a part of a miracle working process. That's what happened there. You see, and that's what God does. God moves us from where we are and because he, because he loves to do miracles. I was on a plane, I do a lot of flying because I, I speak at different things and for Feed One and for my own speaking. All and so I fly a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, almost every week I'm on some different plane. And uh, I went on, and I don't really like flying too much. I don't know if you ever, you ever notice the last thing you see before you get on the plane is the word terminal? Like who thought of that word, you know what I'm saying? It's like, terminal, great, that sounds like a good word. So I get on Southwest, I mean Southwest Airlines and um, and so I get on there and, and they do the whole little, you know. And, and on Southwest Airlines, when you get on the flight, you don't get reserved seating. So it's first come, first serve. And I was one of the last to get on. So that means I had to have a middle seat. And I sat right between two, two women, one on one side, one on the other, and I'm sitting in the middle. 
like this. This lady on this side, she's a nervous wreck. And she's just like, I, I could tell she hadn't flown before. And she's, and she's Catholic. And she's, and she's got a cross. And she's doing this thing, you know, communion's flying everywhere. And, um, and, she's, and she's praying away. And I'm like, okay, you know. And this lady on the other side, she's just kind of sitting there, kind of quiet. And I'm doing some work because I know when I land, I got to speak to a crowd. And I got to speak to a crowd about reaching their community. It's a conference. And I got to speak about reaching their community and reaching people for Jesus. This lady next to me, halfway through the three-hour flight, she looks over at me and, what are you working on? I said, I was just working on some notes. I didn't have the Bible out. She didn't know I was a pastor. I was just writing some notes down. And she looks over at me and she goes, yeah. She goes, uh, oh, I was flying last week. And this is the funniest thing. She goes, someone talked to me about God and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I really contemplated all that stuff. She starts going on. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe you'll meet someone else that can talk to you. But I'm busy right now, lady. I'm working on a message about evangelism. I don't have time for this. No, I'm just done. Um, so she says to me, she starts talking away. So I put my pen down and she looks at me because I know she's not going to stop talking. And she looks at me and then she goes, she goes, uh, uh, do you know what I do for a living? And I said, nope. And she goes, and this is the best part. She goes, I tell people's future. And I said, oh, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> this is like, yeah, a war. Here we go, Armageddon. And, uh, she didn't know I was a pastor, and so I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I tell people's future. I can, I can tell what's going on in their life. I'm like, okay. And uh, she goes, you don't believe me, do you? And I go, not really. And she goes, well, I can, I, can, I, can, I can look at you, and I can tell you about your life and about your future. I said, okay, go ahead. She looked at me. She goes, okay, first of all, you're a male. And I'm like, good, good. My wife will appreciate the, the confirmation there. And then she said, secondly, she goes, you drive a car. I said, well, yes, a car. And she goes, but it's a black car. And it's a convertible. And I said, yes. She goes, you have two kids, one daughter, one son. And now I'm starting to freak out a little bit. I gotta be honest. I'm like, uh, yes, you know. Right now, this time I'm reaching over to the other lady. Give me that cross, you know. And uh, <laughs> so she's freaking me out. And so she keeps going on and on. When she's finally done, she goes, you're impressed, aren't you? And I said, no. She goes, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And she goes, you can't do that to me. I said, I, oh, I can do that to you. And she goes, go ahead. I go, are you a Christian? She said, no. I said, you're going to hell. There's your future. No, I didn't say that. But I thought, I thought about that. <laughs> I thought that would have been really cool. But I, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, so as I began to talk to her, and God just began to show up inside of that plane, I just began to, God, I got off that plane, I had an opportunity to share with her, I didn't lead her to Christ, and it wasn't some big moment, you know, and everybody on the plane started worshiping, and we sang, how he loves, it didn't happen on the plane. However, I did see God do something inside of her life. Now, here's the point. Jesus loves to do miracles. He loves to show up in our life and do miracles. But here's the big key. Put point number two up there for me, because this is the key to everything. Jesus loves to do miracles, but he wants to use others. He doesn't really want to do miracles alone. He always looks for you and I to be a part of that miracle working process. Now, let's go back to John chapter six, okay? Remember Jesus, he moves from Bethsaida over to Tiberias. Hey, where are we gonna get food? He's setting Philip up because he wants to do a miracle. Look what it says in verse seven. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, speaks up. There's a young boy here with, a bar, with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Okay, so they're talking about it. Jesus is setting up a miracle, and all of a sudden one of the disciples interrupts and says, hey, wait a minute, I got this kid here. 
He's got some bread and some fish. Now I wonder what happened behind scenes, you know? Like when he talked to the little boy, was he like, you better give that food up for Jesus right now. You wanna make it in the Bible. And um, he drags him over or whatever, and the boy is willing to give up the bread and the fish. Now, a little thought for you. Here's Jesus. Could he have picked up a rock and turned it into a fish? Yes or no? Yeah, of course. Could he have picked up a, a stick on the ground and turned it into bread? Yes or no? Yeah, you can create the whole earth in six days. I think you can handle that. Why didn't he? Why not just pick up a rock or pick up a stick? Because he wanted to use a little boy. Because he wants to use me and you in the miracle working process. He loves, he loves doing miracles, but he loves using you and I in the process. You see, here at this great church under the leadership of your great pastor, he loves to do miracles together. He wants to use this church to do amazing things, to reach more people than it ever reached, to branch out to cities it's never branched out into, to do things that it's never done before. And every time you invite a friend, you might think, is that a miracle? You bet it is, because you're a part of the miracle working process. Every time that you tithe, every time that you give, every time that you share, every time that you serve, every time that you get involved, every time you reach out to a friend at the grocery store, at the gym, or wherever life takes you, and you bring them in, and you sit next to them, and you watch what God does as they come and taste and see the Lord is good, guess what? He is doing a miracle, and you and I get to be a part of it. He loves doing miracles, but here's the deal. He just doesn't like doing them alone. He just loves using you and I. You know, I, uh, a couple of years ago, I was speaking at one of our campuses, and I was there for a spell, uh, filling in, and I had met this girl that just came to church a couple months ago, and she was like, I don't know, 28, 29 years old, and she started coming to the church. I found out about her. She'd only been coming for a couple months, and she got baptized and all that, and she started serving, and then one Sunday I got up in between, as multiple services, and one Sunday I got up, and, uh, and in between services I met her in the second row. I go, hey, it's good to see you again. She's like 28, 29 years old. She works as an administrative assistant, and then I said, and is this your friend? She goes, yeah, I brought my friend. I've been inviting her for two months, and she finally showed up today. I go, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, she finally showed up today, my friend. And I go, yeah, and she's like the same age, and I go, that's awesome. So then I speak, and the whole thing over, and I'm talking to some people after the service, getting ready for the next service. I look over, and I see her and her friends sitting down on the steps, and they're praying with each other. This friend that just started coming to church, it was her first day. And she comes over a few minutes later and she goes, hey, do you remember meeting my friend before service? Yeah. She goes, I, now keep in mind, this girl, 29 years old, had been to church only 60 days in her entire life. And she goes, I just led my friend to Jesus. I go, you did? And she, this is the best part. <laughs> I love this part. She goes, I hope I did it right. <laughs> She's only been a Christian for 60 days. And, the, and the, the, the expression on the other girl's face is like, I hope so. There's a lot riding on this. God, I hope you got this right, you know. But I watched this partnership between Jesus and this girl who had only known him for 60 days. He loves to do miracles. He does. He just loves to use you and I in the process because he's a miracle-working God. Third thing is this. Put it up on the screen for me. He loves to multiply it. 
Whatever he does, he multiplies it. He takes our little bit and makes it so much more. Look what happens with the loaves and the fish. We've seen the story, but let's read it out. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them uh, to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Verse 12. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples. Check this out, though. Now, how many disciples does he have? Twelve. Now gather the leftovers so that the nothing is wasted. So they picked up and filled 12 baskets. How many disciples do they have? How many baskets were full? Not 11, 12. Because he wants everybody to be a part of the miracle working process. He doesn't leave one person out. It wasn't 10 baskets, it was 12. I want you all to be a part of this process today. I don't want one of you missing out on the process today. I love it. So they picked up 12 baskets with scraps left by the people. They'd eaten from the five barley loaves. We know the story. If you've been around Christianity for any sort of time or read the Bible, you know the story. Jesus takes the loaves and the fish. He prays over it. He feeds 5,000 people, and there's more left over than he actually started with. He uses the little boy in the process. He uses the 12 disciples with 12 baskets in the process. He loves doing miracles. He loves using other people, but then he loves to multiply it out. Whatever we do, he multiplies. I love Jesus' math. I'm not big on the bank's math. You know, you put your money in there and you get 0.01%. You get like $100,000 in your account and you get 10 cents at the end of the year. Hey, praise God. Um, but uh, uh, I love the math of, uh, uh, one time, I, I, recently I've gone into the bank. I don't have any money there. I just, I just like going there. And, um, and they give free donuts out on Monday, so it's just an amazing place. Uh, so I go into the bank and I go up there and I knew I had about... $1,700 in my account, in this checking account of mine. And I said, hey, um, so I did some little transaction. I said, I said, can you give me the balance on my account? And she whispers to me, she goes, do you, do you want to, um, me to say it out loud or do you want me to write it down? And I'm thinking, it's only $1,700, lady, do whatever you want. You know, I don't think I'm gonna get mugged over it. And, uh, and she goes, okay. She goes, you have, and she's looking at the, 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 the thing. She goes, you have $1,748,538.22. She's obviously, something's wrong on the computer. And she leans in and she goes, is that correct? And I go, I think so. That, that, <laughs> that confirms with what I got, yes, yes. Thank God, because I've been worried about you people and your banking systems here. <sighs> is there anything else you want me to do? I said, I'd like to make a withdrawal as fast as possible. <laughs> and get out of here, and my name is Robert Gonzalez, as far as you know. <laughs> I, love, I don't love the math of banks, because it never really works out well for them, but I do love the math of Jesus, because he always multiplies the little effort. You might be thinking, wow, man, I only make $500 a week, what would $50 in a tithe do? I don't know, he just multiplies it. When I serve, he multiplies it. In a moment, your wonderful pastor is going to come on up here and he's going to give you the opportunity to uh, um, be a part of a village and adopting a village. We have over 100,000 children that are in villages and orphanages that need to be supported. And so what we did, again, I'm a pastor just like your pastor. I'm not a missionary at all. I'm just a guy that a year and a half ago heard about this problem and grabbed a bunch of friends and said, let's see if we can solve it together. That's all. So you got these kids. 50,000 of them are in Haiti, and that's where you guys are looking. There's 50,000, there's, there's, there's uh, currently Feed One feeds 146,000 children a day in 11 countries. That's pretty amazing. 
For $10 a month, we do that because we don't get a story on the child because that just costs too much money to make all that happen. We just want to feed children because we really feel, and I feel, and my church feels, and I know pastor feels this way, that we really don't have a spiritual option. It's not like Jesus said, if you feel like it, feed people. If not, then don't worry about it. It's just, there's not really a spiritual option. And so I went, where it all started for me, quick, quick version of it is, I'm gonna turn it over to pastor. You can watch a video in just a moment, I'll turn it over to pastor, but I remember um, going to Haiti a couple years ago, and that's when my heart got struck by it. I remember walking into a room that was maybe the size of this section right here, and it wasn't a room, it was just brick buildings, and there were no windows, but there were just spaces in there. There weren't actual windows, there were just window frames, and there was a messed up ceiling on the top and a cement floor, and there were tables and chairs, and that's where the kids were learning. And our church had taken care of that specific village. And uh, we had several of them, but that was one of them. There was maybe 80, 90 kids in there. And I leaned over to the president of Convoy, who is the overall organization. He's a good buddy of mine, Hal. And I leaned over and I said, hey, I said, why are these kids all on the outside from the windows? There's no window there, but just kind of looking through to these kids. Why aren't they in here getting an education, hearing about Jesus, and getting food? And he said, because we don't have enough money. They haven't been supported yet. I go, I go what does it cost? And he said, $10 a month. I go, so you're telling me that little boy right there for $10 a month gets to get inside of here, get clean water, food, education, and a chance to hear about Jesus for 10 bucks? And he said, yeah, and we just don't, we don't have it. I went back and I grabbed some friends, some, some, some wonderful pastor friends of mine that are great leaders, like your pastor and others, and just said, you think we could take care of the 100,000 kids that are on the outside of the wall and maybe get, maybe get them inside of the wall. I don't know if we're gonna eradicate world hunger altogether, but could we do something for those kids right there? And we went on a mission to do that. And uh, we've been on that mission for a while and uh, a couple of years, and we still got a few more years to go at this. But um, you're gonna watch a video right now. It's gonna share with you just the life of one girl that we met a few years ago, and we started giving her some food and the difference it made in her life. And then your pastor's gonna give you an opportunity to be a part of the miracle working process today. Jesus loves to do miracles. He just doesn't like to do them alone. Check out this video and then your pastor will come. Sometimes I go to bed, I have no food in my stomach. If I don't have enough food, I, I can't concentrate in my studying and I can't understand what my teacher was saying to me. Thank you because the food that they give to us will, will not be will not be wasted. I'm turning 16 this November. I'm in college. I'm taking up hotel and restaurant services. By God's grace, um, 
we have our food now. I'm so grateful and I will be forever grateful that Convoy of Hope is um, as a sponsor of our church for me to continue my study and have my meal. Sometimes before, I'm thinking that we're the, the most poor people in the world, but as I'm uh, looking around uh, here at our community, I saw a lot of people, they were more poor than us. Studying hard now um, for my future, and someday I promise to myself, I'm going to help them, help, help my community here, our community in our church. That and I will, I will someday become the sponsor of our church. Like you guys, so thankful. <laughs> I haven't even started talking yet. I'm already crying. If you didn't cry during that video, you are heartless and soulless and you are a robot, okay? <clears throat> you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about um, a corporate fast that we've been doing together. It, it's been so cool to hear some of the stories of how God has given breakthrough in people's lives in different areas and things like that. But it made me think about this. It's in Isaiah 58 and it says this. This is what God says. He says, it's not this, the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? And then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Fast, what we just did, it's not about us just changing our behavior. It's not about us just making ourselves feel better or placating God or saying, okay, this will keep you off my back. It's about bringing change to us and about bringing change to the world. The, the kind of fast God wants is the kind of fast that changes people's lives. And what I want to challenge you to do today is to help be the miracle to change somebody's life. And that's what we're really asking for today. The village, I wish I could tell you the name of the village, can we put it up there if you got that slide? It, it's, it's in Haiti, and there's no way I could pronounce it. Hebrew, Greek, I can pronounce some of that. I can't pronounce the name of this village in Haiti. But there's a village that we're going to sponsor in Haiti. 290 kids need to be sponsored. And we can do that. What we're asking today is as you, as you sat down today, there were some things on your seat. One of them was a brown card that just was an informational card about Feed One and what they are and what they do. And you can take a look at that, <clears throat> give stats and information and things like that. What I really want to bring your attention to, though, is this card right here. <clears throat> and what this card is is a commitment card. 
And what this is, it's very simple. What we ask every person to do in this place is to take responsibility for at least one child. For, for every family in the room to say, hey, we've got two kids in our family, so we're going to adopt two kids in another family. And for $10 a month per child, we can make a difference in their life. We can give them clean drinking water. We can give them food so they never have to go to bed hungry. We can give them an education so that they can change their community. So it's very simple to do. <clears throat> There's pins in the seat back in front of you. And this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take this card out and begin to fill it out. And the way this works <clears throat> is you can put your credit card information on here or your debit card. And we, we talk about things like this in the church all the time, but this is safe and secure. This Feed One is a ministry of Convoy of Hope. This is a ministry you've probably heard of before. Nationally, we're internationally known. They do incredible things. It's a ministry of the Assembly of God and we're partnering with them. So when you put your credit and debit card information there, it's safe and secure. You don't have anything to worry about. So as you fill this card out, you can fill it out very simply. Name, address, all these kind of things. And what's gonna happen is, as you put your information down, you can finish that up by simply putting it in this envelope and sealing it up. Before you do that though, at the bottom, there's a perforated part. I'd love for you to fill that out, tear it off, and you hang on to that for your records. You'll know and be, just be reminded, hey, here's what my commitment is. Because this is not just a card you're filling out. It's not just a financial commitment. This is seed that we're sowing to change people's lives. So when you put the card in there, in just a moment, we're gonna go back into worship. And as we do, <clears throat> we're gonna ask you just to take that card. We're not gonna ask you to take it to the info center. <clears throat> or take it to an usher. Some of our staff is gonna be available. Um, myself and Pastor Dick, uh, Eli, we're gonna be standing here at the front of the room and we're gonna ask you just to bring your envelopes forward and hand them to us. Uh, that's the easiest way to do this during worship. It's just gonna be a way to hand it to us and make sure it's safe and secure. We're also gonna have one of our ushers, uh, Dave Schloter is a head of our usher team. He's gonna be up at the top of the steps here in the balcony. And you in the balcony, you can take your card to Dave He's wearing a blue shirt. He'll be available for that as worship starts. And what's going to happen? We're going to collect those. And over the course of this next year, we're going to see tangible results. We're going to see fruit of our efforts. We're going to see that we're making, it, we're making a difference, not just in Indiana, not just in Western Pennsylvania, but around the world. And you have an opportunity to be a part of that. Now, this will be taken from your account every single month, okay? Um, it's just an automatic deduction every month. Uh, if you've got a problem with that, we can talk after the service. We could walk through that. But we want to make it as simple for you as possible. Because the truth is, every one of us in this place, nobody wants to leave here and say, you know what, those people can fend for themselves. All of us want to help. And this is your opportunity to do that. So I just want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to fill that card out. And as we begin to worship here in just a moment, bring those cards to one of our pastors. Or if you're up in the balcony, take it to, to Dave. Dave's up there. You wave your hand for us. Thank you, Dave. Take it to Dave. He'll get you taken care of. We're going to worship together here in just a moment. If it's okay, I'd like to pray with you as you're filling these cards out, as you're prayerfully considering it. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you are inviting us to be a part of your solution for this world. The Lord, there is hunger. There are needs that are tangible. And Lord, we can do more than just pray. So Lord, I pray today we would be the answer to the prayers for these kids that we would respond and be faithful in what you've given us. God, I, I've said it before, but generosity isn't about what's in our account, but it's about what's in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would respond in a way that will be generous. I pray that we will respond in a way that will be life-changing. And I pray that a village in Haiti will be transformed 
by the goodness of your people and by your generosity flowing through us. So God, I pray today that you would minister through us to change lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now listen, one more thing I didn't mention to you. Uh, This village is where we are taking our missions trip to this summer. So so the incredible part is we don't have an opportunity just to partner with them financially, fire off some money, and maybe we'll never see the results. But we have an opportunity this summer to get on a plane and fly to Haiti and minister to these kids that we're, we're adopting. I'm so excited about that because we're going to be able to see the tangible results of what we're doing every single day. So I want to challenge you today. Um, don't let fear, don't let, don't let um, worry keep you from filling this card out. If it's one, fantastic. If it's two, great. Five, ten, whatever you can afford, we want to do this. This is We're not getting a dime of this, okay? None of this is coming to the summit. We don't, they, don't, they didn't make us some sort of sweetheart deal where we get a percentage for our administrative fee. Nothing like that. This is all going to fund kids and take care of their needs. So I want to encourage you today, uh, as we begin to worship, bring your cards up, find one of us. We want to help. If you have prayer needs today, our prayer team is going to be available during worship to pray with you if you need that. So as we begin to worship, I just want to encourage you, uh, you can stand to your feet and you can bring us those cards and then we'll close out in just a moment. Thank you.